Buy Your Attractive Podcast. I'm your host, Vernita Sherman, and on this show, I share tips on converting your podcast into a revenue-generating asset that attracts qualified buyers. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm back. And no, I didn't pod fade. And if you don't know what pod fading is, which I don't even know who came up with that term, but basically it's when someone abandons their podcast, basically. and they just, no one knows. No one knows that, that there's not going to be any more episodes coming out, whatever. You just abandon it and that's it. No, I've spent the last couple of weeks thinking about my next steps because I knew I had to pivot. I just knew it. I kind of hinted towards this a little bit last episode when I was talking about people not knowing how to use their computer and things like that. But however, at that time, as I was saying it, I still didn't make a final decision with anything. I needed time to really think. And then once I made my decision, I needed more time to really uh, restructure things and think about the way in which I want to deliver certain things. So basically, I now am working with tech-savvy entrepreneurs who want to start a podcast that attracts qualified buyers. So before... It wasn't about tech savvy. It didn't matter whether someone was or not. And also, I was focused on people who want to convert their podcast into a type of podcast that attracts qualified buyers. Now, I'm all about starting fresh. So those who are starting from scratch or they may have podcasts before and they want to come back and start something new and they're tech savvy. That is the most important thing right there because no more... Am I dealing with the folks who cannot do things like forward an email, open an application or whatever on their computer? They download something. They don't know how to go and get it or whatever the case may be. I'm not dealing with that. Okay. And I talked about that last time. I'm not going to just be the dead horse, as they say. Um, But moving on from now on, that is who I'm working with. Okay. And so I had to think about what I wanted to, to deliver to people. Because I also was on the fence on done for you, coaching, consulting, and which one am I going to stick with? I can tell you for certain, I am not doing done for you. It is not happening. All right. I am a coach. I am a coach for tech savvy entrepreneurs who want to start a podcast that is a a podcast that is a strong foundation when it comes to attracting qualified buyers, not just podcasting, just to be podcasting and getting all these downloads. And then your podcast is not making you any money at all. Your podcast is not making money because you're not attracting the qualified buyers that want to work with you. That's what a lot of podcasters are doing. They have this podcast and that's, I think that's the reason why pod fading is a thing. Because their podcast is not doing anything when it comes to revenue coming in for their business. And so the revenue is not going to come in if you're not attracting the buyers, right? If you're not attracting your ideal client, the type of ideal client that is more inclined to buy, which is the active searcher. If your podcast is not doing that, then you can't expect it to be the type of podcast that's going to convert your listeners into a buyer. So the thing about it is 
what is it doing? Is winning you podcast awards or you got all these downloads and all these accolades. Oh, so-and-so got thousands of downloads and blah, 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 and all these other things, stroking your ego. And, you know, I talked about this before, so I'm not going to go deep into it, but I'm just saying that if your podcast is not attracting the type of people that want to work with you, work with you, not whoever you got as a guest. And that's another thing. I'm, it's, it's, I'm so focused on people who really, truly want to have a solo podcast, or if they have a business partner or someone else who is a part of their team, so they have a co-host type of situation, that too. But the whole interviewing thing, mm -mm. no, 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 no. If you're the type of person who wants to primarily have solo episodes or you have a co-host who's co-hosting with you and you want to have that type of thing where you are showcasing your expertise and people, basically you're positioning yourself as the expert as opposed to positioning a guest as the expert. That's what, who I want to work with because the thing about it is, is again, going back to the whole pod fading thing, it's happening a lot of times because people are looking at what everyone else is doing. They're following that and that's that whole interview model. And that interview model is hurting people when it comes to return on investment. Podcasting is an investment of time, energy, and money. We've talked about that before. And the only way to get that return back is to make sure you're showcasing yourself as an expert. You're positioning yourself that way. And you may think of yourself as an expert, but do the people listening to you think of you in that way? They will over time as you continuously showcase your expertise, but not when you're showcasing your guests, okay? So I wanna say this, because if you are the kind of person that, is like, well, I'm not into technology or I really don't, I don't like technology too much. I can just hire somebody else to do it or whatever the case may be, something like that. Or, or you may feel like it's too much for you and, and you don't want to get into it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now that if you don't, you're going to be sp spending the rest of your life having to rely on someone else to do everything for you. You cannot ignore it anymore. We are 23 years into the 21st century. You cannot keep living like it's 1999, like the Prince song, right? You're going to party like it's 1999 and you still stuck there. You've got to move on. You have to move on because, you know, back in the day, the way the technology came out is that it was like this technology, something came out, it came out. It came out. It came out. That was the 80s and 90s. Now, go back even further than that. It came out. Then some time passed or whatever, whatever. Came out. Some more time, some years, whatever, whatever. It came out. We are actually at the time now where it's like coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out. I can't even speak fast enough. It's just, it's just coming out so fast. It's like in those sci-fi movies where they're riding along in a spaceship and everything, and then they turn on that turbo boost, and it's like this. That is what happened within the last, hmm, I was going to say year, but it was like an extra turbo boost within the last tail end of 2022. So we're, we're March now. So that was four months ago, November, December, January, February. March just started, so four months. So within the last four months, we have literally been in this 
turbo boost overdrive thing of technology that it's like the wild, wild west. It's like when the internet first started or when social media first became a thing and everybody came, came out the woodworks with all this stuff, This they got the some kind of course for this or kind of, some kind of cheat code for that, <laughs> you know, everybody. And the thing about it is we don't know what tools are going to still stand a few years from now. Everybody is coming out with all these AI bots doing this and that. Machine learning has changed the game when it comes to digital marketing. You cannot ignore it anymore. You can't. You cannot ignore it anymore. You, to have an online business or a digital business and you are like not embracing technology, how long are you going to continue to be like that? Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, and I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to say it again. If you keep living like you're in the 20, 20th century, you're not going to be able to function by yourself here in the 21st century. We are 20. It's a, we've got, there's adults now that do not know what it's like to live in an analog world. There's adults now that don't know what it's like for there not to be social media. There's adults now that don't know what it's like for there not to be an internet, right? You didn't grow up that way, but just because you didn't grow up that way don't mean you can still stay stuck for, in the way that things were when you grew up. You got to you got to move on, man. I'm telling you right now, because just within the last, like I said, four months, if you were doing something online six months ago, a year ago, a particular way. And you still are only doing it that way. And it's something that's real techie like SEO. Oh, man, it ain't working like it was before. I've seen. Let me tell you this. When I first were, was doing my research on how I wanted to position myself from an SEO perspective, right? Everybody that was showing up in the first page of Google for the keyword phrases that I, were, I was going to target, by the time of the, <laughs> the end of 2022 came around, mind you, I was doing the research in the summer of 2022. By the time November rolled around, it all changed. They were gone. They weren't on the first page anymore. They weren't even on the second or third page. I'm like, what in the world happened? things, something, something happened. Okay. And the people that are there now are the ones who are using machine learning to know what's going on with certain things. Now, am I saying that the way that you used to do it before is completely different? No. What I'm saying is things are happening faster. So doing things manually is not going to be, okay. So let's, I'm going to use SEO as an example because it's the perfect thing for what I'm, the point I'm making. You can be the smartest person in the world. You can be a genius. You can have a brain that's just like uh, amazing. You're only one person. You take 10 geniuses and stick them in a room versus you one genius in a room. Those 10 geniuses are going to be able to solve this problem that somebody has. Let's say it's a math problem, some type of uh, very sophisticated, complicated equation or formula. Those 10 geniuses working together are going to be able to figure it out faster than that one genius, as long as those 10 geniuses are in harmony with each other, right? So old tools you may have used for SEO, for an example, is going to give you something like it used to. But what it's not going to do is it's not going to give you the, uh, the it's not going to give you the thing that you need right now in in, in a time period that makes sense, the way the things are moving so fast. So 
for an example, if you're able to use this tool and it tells you who's the first of this on, on the page, um, it gives you a little bit of information about like the domain rank and some other things. Um, that's not enough information. So you're going to need to use another tool or manually go into something else to see, oh, okay, here's some other stuff that I need and some other stuff. But those 10 geniuses over there can all at one time gather all that information without there needing to be any extra weeks or months passing in order to get the information, in order to see whether this is going to work or that's going to work. You can see like this real quickly now, whether something's going to work or not, if you have the right type of machine learning tool, all right? It's kind of like a calculator. This is an even better example. A calculator. I can take a calculator and not and and just do basic, you know, add, subtract, multiply, divide, right? Okay. I don't need to know my times tables, which by the way, I'm starting to forget because I've been using calculators so much. I don't even need to think about it. I just plug the numbers in, calculator gives me whatever. But you have to give the calculator the numbers. It's not going to just magically come up with the numbers for you when it comes to the formula. However, something that ha is, is a tool that has machine learning and is pulling from so many different sources, you don't even have to give it the formula. It already has the formula. <laughs> you just need to say, you know, you just need to tell it which formula you want the answer to. It gets, it, it'll input the formula itself and then give you the answer versus a little calculator where you already got to know how, what number to put in. You got to know whether you want to press divide or, or multiply. You got to know all these things, right? So I'm saying things have changed like that. It, it is a huge, huge shift. You got people running around thinking that their writing jobs are going somewhere because chat GPT done dropped a bomb on everybody, but it's not just chat GPT. It's the technology behind it. It is that GPT-3 that OpenAI came out with that other companies are using to create other type of AI tools. And of course, OpenAI are not the only players in the game. There's Google and other tech companies that have their own machine learning type of, of bots that are very sophisticated. Some of them have already come out with it, and then there's more to come, and there's been tweaks and um, different things happening because everybody wants to compete against chat GPT, right? Um, there's just so much that's out there right now. And a lot of people are running down all these little rabbit holes, chasing all this stuff. And we don't know, again, once this dust settle, we don't know which tools are going to still be here. Uh, I want to say, though, getting back to the people who are afraid for their jobs, when it comes to this, it's like, think about the movie Hidden Figures. And if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie because it's, it's so important to to showcase the things that's happening now happened back then, but just in a different way. And that is you had these women who are very smart, geniuses, able to calculate stuff in their head and all that other kind of stuff. And regardless of whether they were a genius or not, back in those days, the machine was the human brain. The technology didn't exist yet when it came to computers doing everything. But what happened in the movie? The computer came around, all right? And Octavia Spencer, I, I forgot what her name was inside of the um, the movie, but 
the actress played, the actress Octavia Spencer played the role of this woman who, what did she do when that computer came around? She wasn't like, oh, my job, I don't know what I'm going to do and all these other kind of things. No, 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 no. She knew that instead of her brain being the machine, there was this artificial brain, an artificial machine that needed to be programmed. All right. So instead of her being the machine and the other ladies being the machine, she became the machine's operator and the machine's programmer. So all these people who are scared when it comes to technology, when it comes to their jobs being taken over by technology, become the operator of the technology, become the programmer of the technology. Your job isn't going anywhere as long as you look at things from a completely different perspective. You'll have a new title. So there's more things that you're going to need to know now as it relates to how to manage this thing, how to operate it, how to program it. But those people are needed. That movie is a perfect example of how when something comes as artificial that's going to take over, when this artificial brain comes over, that's going to take over, that brain needs, it needs an operator. It needs somebody to run it, right? It needs somebody to program it. So let yourself be that thing. And the equivalent to that now are what we're calling prompt engineers, right? Prompt engineers. You're... Your average person is not going to like I've been playing around with ChatGPT a lot now since the time that I mentioned it in one of the podcasts. And I was like, oh, it's just general stuff. I've been messing around with that stuff like it ain't nobody's business and I'm tired. Your average person do not have the time for that. Okay, the experts, the people who are are specializing in certain things in, in their industry or whatever, they're focused on that. They don't have time to be messing around with all these prompts and all this stuff dealing with ChatGPT or any of the rest of them. Now, they may spend time to get some a general draft or whatever, but then after that draft, somebody got to go in there and and put the human touch on it. And then if you want to continue using the bot, you got to continue to give it prompts and give it this in, in order for it to output what you want, right? If someone is specialized in something else, they're not messing with that. You become the specialist in that thing for what you do. Don't worry about your job going anywhere, right? All right, so we're good. So I was just, I switched over from the people who are scared of tech to the people who are in tech and they're worried about their jobs because the the techie, techie stuff now came and trying to take your job from you, whatever. Just don't even think of it. Don't even think of it like that. Now, with all of that said, I do not like artificial intelligence. You may have thought that I did, right? I'm matter of fact, I'm not even crazy about technology. It doesn't get me excited at all. People call me techie. People think I'm into tech and all that. No, I know how to use it. And I, I learn very quickly. But the thing about it is, is I don't like artificial things. I do not. But what am I going to do? Be mad that it came and stay in my anger of, why is this artificial thing coming when I know that humans have have very high potential? We just need to, to access certain parts of our brain in order to turn it on or activate those parts. And we can do so many miraculous things or what people call miracles, which really is truly us tapping into our highest potential. Just like our ancestors did back in tens of thousands of years ago, we were able to do the things that these bots are doing now. And now we're all mesmerized by the bots, this fake brain. 
It's fake. All it is is pulling from us. It's a hive mind that is pulling from our minds, basically, because we input all this information online and now it's just gathering it all up. I don't like that. I don't like it. But just because I don't like something doesn't mean that I can stop it. It's here. What you going to do? It's here. Listen, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm, and I'm, I'm very deep in my spirituality when it comes to our abilities. When we tap into our essence, there's things that we can do. There's things that we can see without the physical eyes, with this eye. There's things that we can see and there's things that we experience that many people don't believe. But the thing, the thing about it is it doesn't matter what you believe because whatever is there is going to be there, whether you believe it or not. A lot of people didn't believe 40, 50, 60 years ago that we'd have the type of technology that we have right now. They would not believe it. They would think you'd crazy, right? You've got to be crazy to think that we would have some of the things that we, just something as simple as a cell phone. They would think that that's some crazy talk, but we have it. And not just a phone that we can carry around with us. We can see the person that we're talking to on this mobile device. I can go on and on and on about the various different technologies, but the point I'm making is that a lot of people think that just because they have this belief of this thing over here or things are this way, that what's happening over here doesn't exist until it does, right? There's so much that we can do with the center of our brain being activated. People who have an active pineal gland know what I'm talking about. They know exactly what I'm talking about. When that melatonin is pumping, there's a lot of type of experiences that your average everyday person does not have, but other people do. Not just the pineal gland, but everything that's connected. I'm not going to get in all, all of that, but all the connections with everything, even going down to the spine. All I'm saying is that technology is mimicking us, how we used to be, how our ancestors were when they used all of themselves, every aspect of themselves, when they knew who they were. We don't know who we are anymore. So now we're looking at this external technology as being like, oh my goodness, you know, you're relying on Siri and Alexa to, to, to bring back something for you. By the way, I don't even, I don't like Alexa, I don't like Siri, I don't use none of that. But there's going to be a time where I'm going to have to because that's where we're going. We're going to a time where typing is not even going to be a thing anymore, right? I mean, people already don't know how to write. Some schools don't teach cursive anymore. I don't even know, is, is that a thing? anymore in in um something you know i remember a few years ago it was taken out of most schools it may have been taken out of all of them for all i know i don't know i don't have any children so i don't know but I, what i do know is that everything that we're using today that is normal is not going to be normal anymore it's going to be obsolete such as typing we're going to speak what we want and that artificial intelligence is going to give us what we spoke right I can't stand that, but it's here. And let me go a little deeper into this because I, I want people to, it's so important that people understand their potential because we're living in a time where we have technology rising up, which is artificial and just based on us. But then we have people who are tapping into the essence and they understand certain things that we're capable of such as telepathic communication. And the reason why I want to mention telepathy 
is because that's exactly what machine learning is. That's exactly what's happening when you're talking to chat GPT. It's tapping into the hive mind. If you have 100 human beings who are communicating with each other telepathically and they're able to sense each other through the consciousness that's connecting them all together and they are able to, I'm going back to that math problem, they're able to solve this formula, this equation that no one else could solve and everyone else is in there trying to input something into the calculator and, and doing all these other things or going to some type of computer, whatever. What I'm trying to tell you is that those 10, 20, 30, 100 human beings that are connected, and let's say they're geniuses, telepathically to each other and tapping into that hive mind that they have with each other is more powerful than any bot because the bot is the artificial version of that. That is exactly what the bot is. The human brain and the things that we can do came first. The bot and the machine learning came second because it's copying us. It did not come first. You got to understand that these people who are creating these things, they got that inspiration from somewhere. They got it from somewhere. We are not living in a time where people understand, again, their potential. However, there are many people waking up to it. So side by side, you have technologies coming up, coming up, coming up. And you got people tapping into their essence, understanding the power of the melatonin that's being produced in their pineal gland. Coming up, coming up. Everybody's awakening to certain things. Not, not everybody. I mean, the people who are awakening to that. And then you got these other people coming up with this technology, right? What we need to do is merge that so that we understand our potential, tap into that, as well as learn how to use technology as a tool. And that's the mindset shift I had to come to grips with a few years ago when I was just like, I don't like this artificial thing that's coming. I didn't like it at all. When people started talking to their phones and telling Siri what to do, I didn't like that. I still don't like it. Again, I still don't like it. But the point is, because I knew where it leads. We, we've already seen where that stuff leads. We've seen the sci-fi movies. The question is, which direction are we going to go? Are we going to go where the stuff just takes over? Are we going to do like they do inside of Black Panther? Perfect example of what I, the point I'm about to make is that they were able to embrace technology with tapping into their essence. Both harmonized together. So you had Black Panther and then you had, well, the Black Panther got his powers from that herb or whatever, the flower, right? Even though even to, these de to this day, there's herbs and things that can tap, that allow for you to tap into stuff, but you don't even need the herbs because <laughs> everything that that flower has, you have in the center of your brain. Anyway, the point is you produce something naturally within yourself that allow you to do these miraculous things that Black Panther was able to do. And then you have in there also his sister, who was amazing with the technology. And then you have a community of people who honored their ancestors. And they, nothing was strange. Nothing was weird. Nothing was like, it was like people weren't, Black Panther wasn't shunned by his people. He was embraced because they understood. They understood the power that he was able to tap into. And all of them respected their ancestors and knew that there was an ancestral realm and that whole stuff. That was not crazy to them. So the point is, we have that in there. 
and you got the technology. And it was just such a wonderful representation that the movies, both of them, of being able to make sure that the technology stayed in its place as being a tool to assist as opposed to something taking over. I know you probably think I digressed in all this. I'm talking about all the spiritual stuff and tapping into this and that, but it's important because that's who I am. It's important to me because what I'm seeing right now, I'm seeing a lot of artificial fake stuff getting all this praise without people understanding their potential. But like I said, it's all rising up parallel with each other. And I'm hoping that we on this planet as a collective conscious or collective consciousness, all of us, all of humanity, collectively, that we can have a future that harmonizes technology and our potential that we already have. And one, technology is not taking over anything. We come from a people, and when I say people, I'm talking about humanity, I'm talking about human beings, period. I'm not talking skin color, I'm talking all humans. We come from a people as human beings that are so powerful. Whatever we do, we have to, we have to allow for ourselves to make sure that this artificial thing does not end up like we see in some of those sci-fi movies. And if you think I'm talking crazy talk, again, you go back 40, 50, 60 years and everything that we're literally living was crazy talk then if someone was talking about that. It's always the innovators that come out with something or somebody actually goes back to how things used to be when it comes to how their ancestors were able to tap in. So you got the technical, technological folks and you got the, the uh, spiritual, deep spiritual mystical people that are looked at as crazy folks. But they are the ones who innovate things. They are the ones that keep things going in a way where we evolve. We evolve and we're able to do things that we weren't able to do before. And the masses keep talking about miracles and, oh my God, and they get all, this is nothing. Just listen to these folks. They're telling you, okay? There are people that experience things in this world that many people do not believe. And I'm going to go back to that whole belief thing. Believe what you want to believe. But just because, just because you believe it not to be a certain way or believe it to be a certain way doesn't mean that that's how it is. There's so many things that I've experienced that I'm not even going to say. I've already hinted towards it in this, this episode, which I did kind of digress on a whole other thing. I wasn't, this was not the plan. But I just want to say that don't be afraid of technology because it's here. And I feel you if you are a type of person that don't like the artificial stuff, I feel you. Trust me, I feel you because I don't either. But I'm not going to be the fool and shun something that's already presented itself in our reality when I know that I have the power to keep that thing as a tool and not as something that's just going to take over. Do not worry about anything taking over because once you start worrying about that, you're going to allow for that thing to happen. You got the power. Tap into your power and use that thing, that artificial thing as a tool and as a tool only. Don't let it completely replace you. Don't. 
always add a human touch to everything that you do. All right, so there's one last thing I want to say about this. I know I've been going on and on for a long time. I digress and everything, but one last thing I want to say, and that is that when you wait for something to become mainstream, you've already missed the boat. I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now, just coming out, coming out, things coming out the woodworks, and you may be waiting for the dust to settle, which is cool. But if you wait too long and it becomes mainstream, the boat has already gone. I mean, you're going to need to jump in the water and swim or go get some jet skis, go hop on a dolphin's back, something, because it's gone. And so what I mean by that is it's not necessarily that you're too late when it comes to you being able to get the results that you want with a particular thing is that it's going to take you longer to get those results. And there's a lot of work that you're going to need to do to catch up. Remember, you have to catch up to the boat. You can. There's ways of getting there, but you got to catch up to the boat. Do you really want to keep doing that? Do you really want to keep trying to play catch up? Because you're afraid of the technology. You don't want to embrace the technology. You don't have to like it. But I mean, it's it's kind of like, and I'm going to make this quick because I know I'm, I'm way past my time. I'm going to make this quick. Now, this is this is the thing. You know, people didn't want to embrace cryptocurrency. A lot of people still don't want to embrace it. I was deep into that, deep. I say was because when we hit that that uh, bear market, I had to fo- start focusing on some other things anyway, right? And so I'm going to go be going back, getting things together. But the thing about it is, is that people could have cared less about Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and all the other um, uh, coins out there, all the other cryptocurrency out there. And the thing about it is, is that the fact that you're ignoring something digital that's going to completely take over the way in which we do things in a very near future is saying that, okay, I still want to live in the 20th century. I won't embrace the 21st century. So whatever's going on over there, I'm not with that. And you not being with something doesn't mean it's going to stop. The train is going to keep going regardless of whether you're with it or not. All right. And so why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing it up because there's going to be a time when we are going to be having digital dollars. I don't know whether it's going to still be called the dollar or I don't know, but regardless of what it's going to be called, there's going to be a digital currency that we're going to be using. A lot of people don't believe that, but what did I say about belief like two, three times already? It doesn't matter what you believe. Something is going to keep doing what it's doing over here while you still don't believe it's happening. And by time it manifests in your reality, you don't already miss the boat. And you got to play, play catch up. When the government decides that it's done with the paper dollars, it's done with the pennies, the quarters, the dimes, the nickels, are you going to want to play catch up? Or do you want to already know what to do when it comes to having a digital wallet? Because it's coming. Whether you believe it or not, it's coming. And the thing about it is, it's the same thing with everything else. I want you to remember what happened in, was it early 2000s or mid 2000s? Was it late 90s? Anyway, remember when we switched over with the TV from analog to digital? There was no more messing around with those ears, the rabbit ears, no more. Well, people already were past that anyway because they had cable. But the point I'm making is that we're still, there were still people who were still, you know, getting their um, NBC, ABC, uh, CBS, and all that with the little ears. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the antenna, right? And the thing about it is they had to make a choice. They either needed to get cable or go get that digital converter for their TV. And all the news stations were telling us 
that on this date at this time, we're switching over. All of us, the whole country is switching over where that analog TV is not going to work anymore unless you had the digital converter. There was like a countdown that night. Countdown to the time where, oh, we're all digital now, you know? I truly believe there's going to be a countdown when it comes to the dollars, paper dollars and coins and money that's physical, where government's going to be like, look, you need to use those dollars by X date and X time. And if you don't, your money's not going to be worth anything anymore. Something along those lines are going to ha- is going to happen. And so I'm saying this to say that in the online marketing world, in the digital marketing world, a lot of things that become mainstream happen in the digital world first, the marketing world first, I should say, in the marketing world first. And those of us that are in marketing, we we learn about it. We shun it for it. Some people shun it like myself. I'm like, I ain't doing it. But then you can't help but to use it, right? And then you get used to it and used to it. And then it goes mainstream. And to mainstream, to everyone else is new, but we've been using it for a few years already. So everything is like that. Please embrace technology so that your business can continue to flourish. All right? Please embrace it. Now, getting back to those of you who are already into tech or you're at least tech savvy, if you're still with me, I'm focused on you. And no, you don't have to have a tech company as long as you know how to use your computer. (laughs) That's the whole point. As long as you are tech savvy, I'm focused on you because I want to work with you to make sure that you set up a podcast that's not just any old regular podcast, but a podcast that attracts qualified buyers, a podcast where you're training the bots to position you in front of your ideal clients when they are more inclined to buy from you, a podcast where you are featured in multiple distribution channels, a podcast where you have high authority websites linking back to your publishing platform. And I can keep going on and on and on, but the type of podcast you're going to have is a podcast where you see a return on your investment because you're focused on attracting qualified buyers. That's the kind of podcast that I'm going to help you create. And if you're ready to learn all about that from setup all the way to the repurposing part, I'm here for you at buyerattractor.com. I'll see you when you get here. Thank you for listening to the Buyer Attractor Podcast. When you're ready for guidance on leveraging your podcast to attract more qualified buyers, I'm here for you at buyerattractor.com.